another edition of the Park Run Adventurers podcast. My name is Scott. As always, I'm joined by Mel. Hi, Mel. Hey, Scotty. How are you doing? Fantastic, as always. How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was awesome. Very full. Actually, we we started it off with... Indulge me for a moment. It's not exactly Park Run related. We went to see a movie on Friday night, which I know you've already seen, and I'm keen to hear more what you think about it. Jason Bourne. I have seen it. You want my quick review? Please. Loved it. Loved it. Okay. Only one problem. Which was? Should we... Spoiler. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, you don't want to know what happens, switch off for 60 seconds or fast forward. And hopefully (laughs) Scotty times it perfectly so that you don't actually find the spoiler when you fast forward 60 seconds. The car chase scene at the end is absolutely ridiculous. It was rather reminiscent of the Blues Brothers, wasn't it? (laughs) That's not what I immediately thought. Well, in terms of the amount of cars that just get smashed up and flung out of the way, this is actually one of the the issues that I really had with it. Did you know that SWAT cars are effectively like super fast tanks that just obliterate everything in their path? Apparently in Las Vegas they are, yeah. Because that's a gap in my education until Friday night when I saw that. But but you loved the movie. I did. Ah. See, I felt like, no, it was, it's a couple of hours of my life that I can't get back. It was just, there was no story. The whole thing was just him running around away from this guy or driving away from this guy or now he's on a moped trying to get away from this guy. And it's just, oh, there was just no substance to it. And I am a fan of the Bourne movies. This one just really let me down. I thought... It carried it well. There was action throughout the whole thing. It was a three-hour movie, but it certainly didn't feel like it. (laughs) No, it felt like five hours. I was bored. I was looking at my watch. I was looking at the other people in the cinema. Yeah. Oh, well. Not a big fan. (laughs) But that was just Friday. How, How was your weekend? Uh... Good weekend, um, standard park run weekend for me, but I had an interesting and fun Sunday. I ran a half marathon down here in Melbourne, and it was all in a bid to get a qualifying time for Two Bays Trail Run that happens in January, but I also had my first attempt at pacing someone. Have you ever paced anybody? I inadvertently paced somebody at a park run a couple of months ago for the first time so yeah it was um not intentional it wasn't premeditated let's put it that way how did you find it I found it a lot harder than I thought it was going to be I did a little bit of research the night before figured out what pace we had to run so the aim was to get under two hours for half marathon So I knew what splits we had to do, I knew what the course was like, so we were going to go out a bit harder, come home a bit slower. But there was like a lot of pressure 
particularly towards the end, when my Westerfoldian buddy, I wouldn't say she was struggling, but I think, you know, language was getting a bit loose. Um, We were running into a, a tough headwind, and it was just hard to gauge how hard to push them. So the pressure that you're talking about, you felt the pressure or you felt like you were putting too much pressure on them? The pressure to keep to time, to make sure that they reach their goal. Because effectively as a pacer, there's not a lot you can actually do to make them run faster or get them to slow down. Well, you could hold on to them to slow them down. Who, who runs faster than the pacer? Well, people who want to go faster than their pacer. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, but did you succeed? You, you, it was a challenge, but... We did succeed. We got in in one hour, 59 minutes and 52 seconds. We had a wonderful, glorious eight seconds to spare. That is perfect. You don't want to smash it by more than eight seconds. Even 10 would be pushing it, in my opinion. I did get a little bit anxious as we were running up the finishing chute. We got caught behind a couple of people and I knew that we were really close. Like there's no point in a two hour and four second half marathon because you've just wasted two hours. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but did you yell furiously at the people that were in your way? <laughs> get out of the way! No, I just politely hoped that... They would hear us coming. <laughs> anyway, it was a very, it was a great morning, and um, Lee, the, the my buddy that we paced, was very happy, and I was very happy for her. Yeah, it was just a great morning, great morning of running. Awesome! What a good adventure! And w- would you consider pacing again then? I would, I would, because I actually got a lot out of it myself to see someone else achieve their goal but also run comfortably within myself and you know, try some different things with heart rate and learn how to run at different paces. It was very rewarding. I highly recommend it. You were also at a half marathon slash marathon event on the weekend. Yeah, big one for us on the Sunshine Coast. Um... The, well, they call it the Sunshine Coast Marathon and Community Run Festival. But for us, it actually really kind of started on Saturday at Park Run because we had adventurers from all over the place at Park Run. Park Runs, I should say, across the Sunshine Coast because they were up for the weekend to do an event or a couple of events on Sunday. So they came to Park Run to test out our courses and... Yeah, it was great. We had so many people at Kiwana that were new and from other places and it was lovely to be able to welcome them to our course. And straight after Park Run, I packed down the tent and I repacked it or re, what do you call it? Mantled it. I mantled it at um, the race precinct for the Sunday. So myself and Deborah Mills, who's the event director at Brightwater Park Run, she had their park run tent and a couple of their local running club the sunshine coast running chicks we had two tents for their club which we were putting all up together so we had four tents um, all ready to go for sunday and 
to act as the hub for the local park runners and the running club to come and meet and leave their staff and get photos and cheer and yeah it was it was really cool but after I set up the tent on Saturday I went to collect my race bib because I was entered in the 2k family fun run on Sunday so because this event is such a huge one a huge day there are so many park runners that are involved I like to well at least the last couple of years I've opted instead of spending three hours on the course to spend more time actually at the tents cheering people on from the sidelines so if I do the 2k which is the last race of the day um, it doesn't take too long and I can still get dressed up and as we discussed in the podcast last week I had to do some sort of fancy dress and I seem to recall you telling me that I needed to make a scene but when it was Saturday I still hadn't decided what I was going to wear yet and when I went to pick up my race bib my my what what should I call it my indecision was solidified by my race bib number and can you guess what it was 007 close it was 7007 so I had to do a little bit of bib tampering which I'm hoping you know the IOC or whoever these people are that that run these sorts of things don't find out about it might mean that my official photos are missing <laughs> because I've, I altered my number I don't know maybe I just need to search under 007 but yes I didn't think you would be very impressed because I know you're not a huge James Bond fan but I had to go as James Bond there was no question the bib had spoken so yep some frantic running around on Saturday afternoon to various op shops to find myself a um, tuxedo shirt and jacket uh, and a black tutu because I didn't previously own a black tutu check and yeah I I have chafing tutus did you say black tutus yeah I, I didn't look Full disclosure, I've actually never seen a James Bond movie, but I don't recall ever seeing any promotional shots of him in a tutu. <laughs> well, I have to do everything my way, Scotty. So top half of me was all business tuxedo. Bottom half of me was fun times tutus. And in, instead of guns, I actually had water pistols. So I filled out, filled up the water pistols before my race and then when I was out on the course, anyone who cheered for me got a squirt in the face. Everybody wins! Go Mel! Take was, that! Yeah, it was an interactive costume. So I was very happy. It, it all came together lovely and last minute and um, yeah. Okay, did you win? Because that was win. the other thing I wanted you to do. Oh, did you tell me that I had to win my 2K? Yeah, remember, distract all the kids, smash oh. them and get through first. No, see, I'm not that kind of runner. Um, what I will say is, though, because up, apart from the fact that the rest of the event was amazing and there were heaps of park runners and, um, and, and event directors from park runs from all over Australia, I have counted 22 
different event directors from events not just in Queensland but further afield as well and you know a lot of the usual suspects too but I digress I was actually going to tell you that in the family fun run there was um, a great bunch of park runners who were dressed in their 50 club shirts and they were uh, chaperoning disabled kids and that made me really proud as well to see park runners out there in the community giving back helping other people out to enjoy that sort of experience amazing day love it every every year it's awesome you should come up next year that sounds pretty cool there is a bit of this going on and we might do a little thing on it in a future episode of park runners helping other people to experience park runner and your example there with the 50 shirts and the disabled kids I think we should shine a light on these people in future episodes. Agreed. On the weekend, the Parkrun family grew. We welcomed Canada into the fold. And here to join us on the podcast this week, we're joined by Ewan Bailman. Hi, Scott. Welcome, Ewan. Welcome to... Parkrun Adventurers, but welcome to Parkrun. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. It's my it's my, it's my second foray into the into the adventure, but uh, it's almost like I never left. It's uh, picked up right where I left off. Well, maybe we can start there. Tell us about that because you've been around Parkrun for a number of years, but you've obviously since moved to Canada and thought Parkrun's perfect for Canada. Uh, that's right. So, um, where do we begin? So, back in uh, in two thousand and seven, I think it was, um, I, I moved south uh, down to um, a place called Basingstoke in the south of England, and uh, I was looking for something to do uh, one weekend, and I looked up a website. Uh, I think it was it was like free things to do in London dot com or something like that. And uh, I found this, this event called WCTT, and it was like a free five-kilometer time trial. And uh, I, was, I was experimenting with running, and I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll give that a go. And um, I went along, and uh, the first time I went, actually, I was late. <laughs> I had to get a couple of trains, and uh, I turned up late, and I'm like, oh, well, I'll try next week. And uh, that was one of the key things about what became Park Run was that it was it was always there. So if you do screw up, or if they screw up, um, there's always next week. So I went the next week, and uh, I, I just loved it. Uh, I loved that it. it was always there. Uh, there was no pressure to perform or or to do anything spectacular, and uh, it was there week after week. And there was this community around it as well. Um, the trouble is, being Basingstoke, being an hour out of London, it was an awful long way to go every Saturday morning. So uh, I contacted Paul. Um, and at the time, I think there was only like uh, maybe three, four events on in the country. And I said, oh, how would you fancy bringing this to Basingstoke? And uh, Paul was, he was all over it. And uh, being the, the trusting, generous guy that he is, um, when we met up, he says, okay, you and here's your here's your laptop, here's your timer, go, go get them. <laughs> and um, myself and uh, a colleague from work that I wrote in, uh, Alex, uh, we, we started this uh what was called uh, the NHTT, the North Hampshire Time Trial, and um, we, we got it going. From 35 runners on the first day, 
uh, over the course of just over three years I was there, we got it to about 200 people running weekly. And then when I left to come to Canada, uh, it just went up and up. And I just checked the, the website there a second ago and they're getting between like 350 people to 400 every single week. And I, I can't imagine that because when I, saw, when I saw the state of the park when I left, it was getting pretty busy. I can't imagine double the numbers there. That's just incredible. Uh, they've done a superb job there. But I remember waking up that first morning and I was thinking, oh, what have I done? Who's, who's going to come to this thing that, that we started? <laughs> no, no one's going to be interested. And I couldn't believe 35 people turned up. Oh, wow, okay. So 35 people got up at some crazy hour in the morning to come and join me for a run. I just thought that was incredible. Never would I have thought what... Uh, eight years later um, from that day that how many events do we have now, over 900 events and, and well over 120,000 people running globally every week. That just, it boggles my mind, absolutely. And now you get to do it all again in uh, Canada. I get, to, I get to do it all again in Canada. So um, on Saturday there was the, the launch of Parkrun Canada and the first one was out in Kelowna, uh, which is a place in the interior uh, of British Columbia. Now it's called Okanagan Parkrun, uh, named after the, the region, and it's put on by a, a great guy called Bill Justice. We've had a, a number of queries uh, to, to Parkrun Canada to start a park run, and uh, as you will know, there's there's a few things you need to start a park run. Uh, you know, you, you need to have the people, you need to have the, the permission, uh, you need to have the funds, and you need the location. And Bill came to me with pretty much everything on a plate. He says, I've got all that, we can do this. As soon as you guys are ready with the, the national uh, part of it, we're, we're good to go. Uh, so we work with him pretty closely to get this thing going, and uh, we're working pretty closely with Parkrun Global, with uh, with Tom and, and Paul and, and the rest over there. We got it going. It, it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't the, the the easiest thing to do in the world, but uh, the best things aren't. And um, it was just fantastic. I could not believe how this little community in the interior of BC just got the concept. They'd never seen a Parkrun before, but they just embraced the concept. Ninety six. People came out and they, they completed the course and there were skills around. And it reminded me of how simple the concept is. All you need really is a course, uh, some barcodes and, and the people, and uh, you've got a park run. And it's so transportable. It's, it's just fantastic. Now, Ewan, I'm getting a bit of a reputation for asking about the big scary animals. And I know there are bears in Canada. And I have looked at the photos of the park run on the weekend. And it looks like it's a trail beside water, so in the wilderness. As well as bears, I'm worried about the moose, the meeses. What's the plural of moose? Oh, um, you've, you've got me. You've, you've put me on the spot. Um, well, uh, hopefully I only get to see one moose at a time, so I never have to come across that question, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Even one at a time, though, is that something that's in the event's risk assessment? Because those things are bigger than cars. Uh, they are. Uh, bears in particular uh, are something that uh, we, we do need to look at. It's, it, is, it is fun to laugh and joke about it, but uh, uh, it's like, hold on. No, bears are actually a thing. <laughs> they're, they're very dangerous. Absolutely. Um, so... The, the ones I've come across, mind you, are, are fairly docile. They, 
um, the, the black bears we come across, they, they, they're normally just uh, going through some sort of garbage bin and, and they hear you come and they look up and they go, hey, and then they just get back to what they're doing. Um, <laughs> that said, uh, they are, yeah, they, they, they shouldn't be reckoned with, absolutely. But uh, you guys in Australia, I mean, you guys have uh, dangerous animals too. It's it's uh, it's not a it's not a new thing, really. I was listening to your your podcast last week, and uh, there was somebody up north in Australia who had uh, crocodiles, for example. Um, I'm not sure what I'd rather have, be it bears or crocodiles. I think I'd, I think I'll stick with the bears. I think. Ewan, I was also looking at the photos from the weekend, and one thing that jumped out at me was that it actually looked hot. And that's not something I associate with Canada. So, firstly, was it hot? It, it was. It was hot. Uh, here in Canada, we're we're blessed to get uh, two glorious weeks of summer, and it just so happens uh, we're right in the middle of those two weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the interior can get pretty hot uh, on the day. I think it was something like thirty five degrees, um, which is is when you're standing exposed and the sun's on you. Um, it's pretty relentless. You can just stand there and the sweat's lashing off you. But um, that course is, is pretty good. Um, a good portion of it at that time in the morning is, is in the shade. And it's, uh, it's a nice dry heat, so it's not too bad. It's not too bad at all. Okay, but what about when the cold comes in Canada? Because it's cold. Is that going to be a challenge yes. for you? Yes. And that question comes up a lot, uh, particularly... Um, on the east coast, where I am here in, in Vancouver, uh, we get it uh, uh, very, very nice. It doesn't really go below zero much, uh, so we're laughing. Um, any parts here really wouldn't be a problem. Over on the east coast, um, I, I bluntly have to say, when it comes to park runs, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but what happen is that we'll we'll go into this first winter, we'll have a park run. And when we come out the other side, it's going to be blatantly obvious what to do. Um, whether the park run has to move to another course, um, whether we just run through it completely, whether we need to hibernate for the winter, um, it'll become so obvious what to do that uh, it, it will be able to handle it pretty well. Um, and my experience with, uh, with park runs is that the problems come when the, the conditions change. So in the UK, where it can be fairly mild and then you're hit with a snowstorm, um, people aren't used to it, so they have to scramble for an emergency plan. Here, if it's consistently cold, people adapt, and whether they wear snowshoes or they clear the pass every week, as long as it's predictable and reliable, um, I don't see it being an issue. All right, you've got event number one done, under the belt. What are the plans for the future of parkrun in Canada? Uh, the plans are super exciting. Well, uh, based on what I saw in, in Kelowna, um, the, the communities are just embracing Park Run. And we are committed to providing a Park Run to every community that, that wants one. And uh, to date, uh, we're fielding quite a few inquiries coming in. And we have about 25 active uh, Park Run in leads as it were. Now I appreciate not all of them will translate into actual park runs but it gives you an indication of the interest out there. Um, so we are looking to 
to make a proper go of this. Um, I don't see it unlikely over the course of six, seven, eight years to have 500 of these events across Canada. Um, bear in mind that we are going to establish our presence in the cities like Vancouver, Winnipeg, Toronto, um, across Nova Scotia, everywhere. Once we do that, uh, we're then going to reach out to the, the more remote communities in Canada where there aren't such a huge population of people and we're going to see if they'd be interested in a park run. And there are a whole load of those communities and I just think they'll uh, they'd love to have a park run there as well. So super exciting, lots of interest. We'll have coverage right across Canada from west to east. Um, I think Canada's going to be uh, amazing for park run. No argument from us there. And <laughs> I think there'll be lots of Australians because I think we have a great affinity with the Canadians. I think everyone in Australia knows a Canadian, it seems. So are you expecting to see a lot of adventurers or tourists, as other people call them? Uh, absolutely. Um, Bill, uh, in, in the, with the Okanagan Park Run, uh, he did a, a couple of dummy runs and he told no one about it. Um, but people still found out and he was blown away. <laughs> <laughs> he was blown away when he was speaking to people from all corners of the world. Um, he had someone from Aberdeen in Scotland and he was, uh, he was really excited to tell me that uh, a fellow countryman uh, had come to his park run. Uh, even though it wasn't even a park run yet, it was just a dummy run. So people hear about it and uh, they, will, they will do everything to be there. And you also had Tom Williams visit you for your <laughs> launch and you managed to beat him. Was that satisfying? <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was satisfying, although um, we were sitting down for coffee afterwards and um, on that route, uh, there's a little bit of an out and back. So you go out and then you come back. And um, uh, Tom was just casually telling me that uh, on the way back, he was high-fiving everybody. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, good job, good job. And I'm like, really? You're... You know, I, I was—I didn't, I didn't say that I was giving it my all, but you know, that's what I was thinking, and I was deflated a little bit. And I'm like, oh. So Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom gave it a good go, but he was also taking his time at the, uh, while he was running too. So felt great, but at the same time, I felt it was a bit of a cold victory. So uh, I need—I need to go over to his park run and, uh, and see if we can have a, a rematch, just just to satisfy it for myself. I think. You and you said the course was an out and back. Are we correct in assuming that it's a trail? And can you tell us about it? Uh, I would describe it uh, as more like a, a towpath, a canal. Uh, although it's not a canal, it's a, it's a creek, and there's these uh, lovely paths that go on either side. And uh, it's not paved; it's just very, very light gravel the whole way. Absolutely perfect for running, and um, it's it's. It's good for a PB if you're looking for a, a, um, a good fast course. Um, very wide as well, so even though we do turn round, uh, you don't ever feel cramped at all. And we had uh, just under 100 people uh, out uh, on, on Mission Creek, and it wasn't a problem at all. So beautiful course as well. You're surrounded by mountains. It's just uh, it's one of the most scenic courses out there, I think. Well, we're going to have to add it to the list. We're going to have to add Canada as a country to our list, Ewan. Very exciting times for you. Very envious of your position. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you're very welcome to come over. It's exciting times for adventurers all over the world, I think. Another country to add to the list. I can't wait.
like you say, I expect uh, background adventurers from all over the world to to be coming over, and they already have been. So um, yeah, here's here's to it. Our next guest on the podcast joins us from Queensland. He's about to celebrate a very special anniversary this weekend at Chermside Park Run. We're joined by event director Mark Huth. I'm Mel. Hi, Scott. Great to be on the show. So you're turning number one this weekend, Mark. What are the preparations for the anniversary? Uh, cake. We've got cake. Um, we've got uh, lots of cake. We've got um, cupcakes and, and slices and chop chip cookies and all that sort of stuff. So I've got all those bases covered. We've got a onesie theme. Um, that was a special request from one of our run directors. Uh, and it seems like a pretty good theme. And looking at the weather forecast, it was sort of it's getting towards the end of winter and I wasn't sure whether it would be cold enough to have it. But uh, looking at the forecast, it's going to be like nice and cool on Saturday morning. So if I will get away with it. So it's going to be a, a nice morning for onesies. It won't be too warm, hopefully. So... It's looking great, looking fine, and eight or something like that, eight or nine degrees on Saturday morning. So that'll be lovely. Uh, but we're also turning 50, so it's our 50th run. So if you don't have a onesie or you don't like running in onesies, um, then you're free to wear a red, uh, something red, because, uh, you know, the 50 milestone shirt's red. So, um, yeah, if you don't have a onesie or don't want to run in onesie, then, then by all means come in red. There'll be plenty of people in red as well. I like the choice of theme, Mark. Lots of diversity. I remember our first anniversary at Westerfolds, we sort of went with a onesie theme as well. Did you put a lot of thought into your onesie? Uh, my pers- Personally, uh, well, I, I found a, a Doctor Who onesie. I, I, it's a TARDIS, so I, I'm a bit of a Doctor Who fan, so um, I figured if I was going to get a onesie, I might as well be something that I really enjoy and may wear again. So. Um, and you know, we go camping a bit, so I think we'll probably probably come out again at camping. So, um, but some of our RDs have got you know uh, Pokemon's a bit bit of a rage still at the moment. So we have got a Pikachu onesie. One of our RDs has got a Pikachu onesie, and another one's got a cow onesie. So, so there should be a few onesies within our run directing group. As Good. I said, hopefully the weather's nice and fine for it. You said you've you'll use it camping. Have you ever run in a onesie? No, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've I just put one on for the first time today, actually. Uh, <laughs> it arrived in the mail this morning, so I wore a onesie for the very first time today, would you believe it? So, and it felt quite comfortable, actually. It was quite nice. Oh, you're in for a treat. You know, I reckon and by about it, one k, you'll be unzipping the front. <laughs> It'll become a half seat by about 2k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll have to go and try it out during the week and just see how far I get. So yeah, it should be interesting. So as I said, I'm, I'm hoping it's cool. So so lots of people will survive the 5Ks in a onesie. There might be quite a few people walking by the end of it, I'd imagine. That's okay. You'll be fine. You don't you don't have to run in the... Actually, I won't be, actually, I won't be running because I'm the run directing, so I'll be just um, standing around. Oh, well, there so, you go. I should go, for, I should go for a run, though, just to uh, feel the pain of the people in the onesies. So I might go for a run later on this week. Very early in the morning, very early in the morning, uh, you know, like before the sun gets up or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, so you'll just be that random guy running around the park in a onesie on a Thursday with nobody else? <laughs> might have to be, yes, I might have to do that. 
That's all right. Just make sure you don't do it on Friday because if you get locked up, then you might not make it to your anniversary on Saturday. <laughs> so now, Mark, how many people do you average at Termside Park Run these days? Uh, about 150 to 200. Um, over the winter, yeah, the numbers have dropped off a little bit, I guess, but we're still getting about 150, so which is a really lovely number. Um, we've got quite a few park runs around uh, on the north side now, so um, it's it's all spread nicely amongst all the park runs. So we've got Mitchelton and Sandgate nearby, and they're some of the more popular park runs on, on the Brisbane north side. So, you know, I think 150 is a great number for us, so we're very happy with that. I like 150. I think most courses kind of max out at 150, and once you get over that, it gets a little bit crazy, unless you've got super wide paths. Yeah, our path's pretty wide, so we can handle it. I mean, we had 360 at our, our launch, and it seemed to handle that okay. didn't get any complaints or any um, uh, feedback that it couldn't handle it. So so the course can handle some of it. Yeah, smaller numbers is lovely, so there's... You know, it's a little bit less stress on the Saturday morning and you need a few less volunteers perhaps. So it's, uh, but I guess over time it'll eventually grow in numbers. But yeah, at the moment it's it's quite a nice number. So um, yeah, 150 to 200 is pretty good. Okay. Tell us tell us a little bit about Germside and the course. I've got no idea where Germside is. Uh, we're on the uh, north side of Brisbane, sort of central north side. It's, um, it's sort of a high density residential area so it's uh lots of houses lots of um nearby we're just we're actually pretty close to chermside shopping center which apparently is the largest shopping center in queensland and uh yeah we're just a uh, 200 meters from that so we've got lots of um, options for coffee afterwards it's in a a lovely park called seventh brigade park there's a big kids playground in the park called Kid Space. It's a lovely, lovely area to for our meeting area before and after the run. It's a huge kids' playground. Uh, so parking, toilets, big playground, free council Wi-Fi. So it's, it was just an ideal spot to, to start the run there, to have the meeting area. And then we just uh, run through the park. Uh, it's just a uh, follow the concrete bikeway through the park. There's a little bridge that we cross there's a little bit of um a couple of turns uh, over a bridge under a bridge there's some nice wide area open space there's um, a bit of shade for the summer which is really good especially in queensland it's nice to have a bit of shade in the summertime uh it's it's just a nice central location there on the north side of brisbane it's it's, it's near the highway there's a big thoroughfare through brisbane called gimpy road and it's not far from that so it's very easy to get to all i heard were bridges <laughs> over bridges under bridges so it's old. Mark, I first met you at Brightwater Park Run before Termside had started. So you're, you've been a park runner for quite a while and you're also quite the adventurer. What made you decide you would like to start up a park run? Well, I always thought we sort of needed an extra park run on the north side of Brisbane. Like for a long time there, well, for about a year and a half, there was, there was about four. There was like Sandgate and Mitchelton and Bunyville and North Lakes. And, and that was good, but it just felt like that, you know, the numbers were increasing at those park runs and, you know, there was plenty of other spaces in on the north side that probably could be a good spot to have a park run. So I just felt like it needed another one. And um, I never thought I'd start one myself. I was just, uh, I thought we needed one, but I, I didn't imagine it would. I would be starting it. And 
was down at Kids Space one day. Like we used to go down there a lot when my daughter was younger, and I hadn't been down for a couple of years, and uh, happened to be down there. And one day, and I was just looking around, thought oh, this looks like a pretty good spot to start a park run. You know, it has all the facilities that you know park runs uh, have, and the, the pathway was pretty good, nice wide pathway, pretty flat. You know, nice scenic location. So I was thinking, hey, this would be a good spot for a park run. And I walked around some of the paths and found a two and a half k loop that um, two and a half k out and back. And so this is this is great, you know, the perfect spot. And so I emailed Tim and just said, hey, look, this looks like a great spot for a park run. Um, being a bit naive, not really knowing what happened next. And so he just emailed back and said, that's that's a great idea, Mark. Um, here's what you do to start a park run. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what you do. So, um, so, and he also emailed me some other people who were also interested in starting a park run at that location. So we got together and and um, yeah, eventually started one up. It took a little while to get it going. We had to wait for funds from the council. Uh, that took a couple of months, but eventually that all came through and we we're able to start it up. And and so yeah, now I'm the event director for that. And you know, it was a little bit nerve-wracking at the beginning i hadn't really done this sort of thing before and i hadn't done run directing before at any other park runs I'd, I'd volunteered a few times at a few of the local park runs you know timekeeper and finish tokens and barcode scanning so i knew all the different roles but actually you know putting them all together and overseeing the whole thing wasn't something i'd done before so this was certainly uh stepping out of my comfort zone and but it's, it's been great it's been great uh you know as it started off as a little bit nerve-wracking but you know once you get up and running and regulars start coming along and you get get a handle on how everything works and stuff, you start to relax and yeah, it's hard to believe a year's already gone past and coming up to our anniversary this week, so it's uh, it's it's humming along, it's really lovely, so it's it's a really nice way to to start the weekend. I mean, I've always started the weekend with Parkrun, but now starting it this way as well, being in charge of an event, it's it's, um, it's just made it all that more special, so it's it's lovely. And Mark, Mel mentioned that you were, prior to launching Germside, you're a great adventurer. You get around to about 20 different events. One thing I did notice, though, is that they're all in Queensland. Do you just love Queensland? <laughs> um, I think I've been to Kira. Uh, no, sorry, not Kira, uh, Kingsliff. Kingsliff, so I have done one in okay. New South Wales. Yes. Uh, I just, um, I don't know, I haven't been on too many big long holidays to get to the other states so Kingscliff is only just New South Wales it, it's barely it barely counts <laughs> as being out of Queensland I'm just was, saying yeah I understand yes it was eight o'clock day so I had to remember that so um uh but yeah look there's just so many park runs here in Queensland especially southeast Queensland it's um so many to choose from it's it's wonderful. Uh, you're spoiled for choice up here as far as park runs are concerned. But I guess it's just a sign that we, our family is is overdue for a long uh, interstate holiday by the looks of it. So um, yeah, definitely would like to get to some others. You know, um, Sydney, Melbourne, and stuff like that. Just haven't had an opportunity. So but we'll get there. I'm sure you know what I'm going to ask you next, Mark. Surprise me. <laughs> Top three that you've been to, not including Termside. And go. Okay. Um, oh, look, Southbank, maybe I quite enjoy Southbank Park Run. It's it's just such an iconic park run. You know, you get to run around, you know, the centre of Brisbane. It's uh, it's a lovely run down by the river there. And uh, I don't do it that often, but um, I always enjoy it. It's yeah, quite nice to see uh, 
quite nice to see the city from that from that angle and to be able to do that. So I know it's if you're going to be in Brisbane, you're only going to do one park run. That's hard to go past South Bank as the choice to do. Um, I'd have to say Bunyaville is another one because it's so unique in Brisbane. There's no other park runs really like it in Brisbane itself. So you know it's a trail run. It's 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 a difficult park run. That's for sure. It's uh, there's lots of hills and it's a trail, so you got to watch your footing. Uh, but it's it's just nice, nice running through the the forest there at, uh, at Bunya Forest. A hardy bunch of park runners there too. Lovely bunch too uh, at Bunyaville Park Run. So I've done a few there. Done a bit of volunteering there, and it's, uh, it's yeah, it's as I said, it's, it's quite different compared to all the others in Brisbane. And third one, probably uh, Sandgate. Uh, that's the, my original park run. I, that's where I first started park running. It's I also have my PB out there as well, so because it's such a, it's a nice flat course out there, so it's really good for fast times out at Sand, Sandgate, and it's also such a, a scenic course as well, so it's really quite lovely out there. So yeah, Sandgate always has a bit of a soft spot in my heart. So that's probably my top three, but I mean, there's heaps. They're all they're all great. You know, wherever you go, they're all it's something different, and always a nice, nice group of people. The event team's always lovely, so. Yeah, I quite enjoy the touristing. I haven't done it for a while now since Chermside started up, but um, keen to get back and doing some more touristing. What you need to do is adventuring. I do love that two out of the three of your top three are events that I haven't actually been to yet. So that's pretty much why we ask. We're, we're not asking on behalf of the listeners. Scotty and I want to know where we need to go and we're trying to plan out our adventures. Excellent. Yeah. Oh. Let's fill in, fill those details in for you. But I, this does prompt one question for me because looking at your history and you have done twenty eight different events, I noticed that you've done every single event on the Sunshine Coast except for Namble Park Run. I thought, ah, oh, maybe he doesn't like trails. But then you just mentioned Bunyaville. Trying to get to Namble, I'd love to get there. It's just yeah, since Shamside started up, I've been spending most of my time there. But I, I'd love to get there and. It's actually interesting. Um, the guys from Bunyaville, I was speaking to them just after Nambour started up. And so these are park runners who, who run at Bunyaville every week. You know, so they're used to a nice, tough park run. You know, you know, there's hills in all directions at Bunyaville. And so, you know, my PB at Bunyaville is like three minutes slower than it is anywhere else. And uh, so I was speaking to the guys at some of the guys at Bunyaville after Nambour started up and they were saying how tough Nambour is. So these are these are people who run Bunyaville every week, you know, which is the toughest park run in Brisbane. And then they were saying, oh, gee, Nambour's tough. So <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I'm really quite keen to get up there and try it out. So I will get up there soon enough. Um, so I'm not scared of it. I just uh, haven't had an opportunity to get up there yet. So I'm really keen to try it out. Well, Mark, so am I. But I'm also keen to check out Chermside now after our little chat. Thanks for coming on the podcast this week. Thanks, Scott. It's wonderful to be here. For those of you who tuned in last week, you'll be waiting to hear all about our very exciting competition, which we are about to reveal to you now. I think we need a drum roll, Scotty. There it is. <laughs> You want? Do you, would you like to reveal the competition details? So first thing you have to do is join our Strava club. The Parkrun Adventure is on Strava. 
We'll share another link on the Facebook page in case you can't find us. Very easy to do. Everyone can join Strava. You don't need to have a fancy watch to be on Strava and to record your runs. If you've got a mobile phone, install the Strava app and take that with you on your run. It's a free app. It is. So I guess we're excluding people who don't have smartphones. Sorry. Well, no, not necessarily because... Anyone who listens to this podcast must have a computer. So if they've got a computer, they can access Strava. <laughs> I'm not going to go for a run carrying the computer with them. <laughs> no, but you can manually log a run on Strava. You can just enter the details, no, and make a map. Yeah. That's not going to work for our competition because what we're doing. This is true. <laughs> You've overlooked the minor details, Mel. What we want you to do is create some Strava art. So Strava art, for those that don't know, is when you go for a run on Strava, it tracks where you run and it draws a pretty little line. And sometimes, if you're lucky enough, that pretty little line can form a pattern, a picture, a shape. Sometimes, intentionally, it forms a shape. And that's what we want you guys to do. But not just any old shape. We're going to share an image with you on our Facebook page. And we want you to replicate that image. And that is how you win the competition. Because the image that most closely resembles the original is going to win. Now we're being generous about this. We're giving you four weeks. We're going to run this competition over four weeks. All entries must be submitted between the 24th of August and the 20th of September because we're going to announce the winner during episode 37. The winner will receive their choice of option P, which will be a mystery prize of undisclosed value. That's all we're saying. Or option A, which is going to get better every week, but starts with a one-of-a-kind costume accessory personally crafted by me. Money can't buy. Well, the right kind of money might be able to buy that. <laughs> if you know what I mean. So next week, we'll reveal more prizes from option A, but the winner has a choice. A couple of rules. You must be a member of the Parkrun Adventurers Strava Club. Again, easy to do. Join Strava join the club what we want you to do is send us the link so when you create your Strava art send us the link to our email address which is parkrunadventurers at gmail.com now what we haven't mentioned is that people can submit multiple entries so if you go out and have a crack at it and it looks pretty ridiculous submit it because you don't know that might be the closest that anyone actually gets However, if you've still got some time, you're more than welcome to go out and try it again to perfect your technique with the particular curves or lines of this image. Okay, so that's it. Quick update on the Strava Club. Membership continues to grow. Brendan Davies continues to lead the leaderboard. And Mel Urbacker still has not appeared. Well, I've only just learnt that there's like a, a minimum amount of Ks that you have to do to even appear on the leaderboard these days. Yes, 17 kilometres. So 
obviously I'm going to have to start training for something again. That's a good idea. Hmm. I'll have to. I'll have to start thinking of a, a a run to enter. If anyone's got any suggestions, let me know. Melbourne Marathon. <laughs> you just had to rub that one in, didn't you? What's happening in the social scene? Well, busy weekend this weekend, I guess, because adventurers were out there having adventures, and that's what we like to see. On Instagram, Beaker Design said the weekly Wooters Park Run infographic is still evolving. This week, the map has pins in Australia, Singapore, and the UK. So, if you've had a look at this, uh, Beaker Design actually do like a club report for Wooters runners, and they they put all the little stats on on a little graphic for them, which is pretty cool, including a map of everywhere that they ran. I think that's pretty special. I'm very impressed by Beaker Design's work. We might have to collaborate on something. Sounds like a plan. Get in touch with us, Beaker Design. Dr Nick was sampling all Mudgy has to offer on a bit of a run. Chris Fraser was nursing city to surf knee injury so he couldn't run. He said that it was a full roster so he couldn't volunteer and there was nothing to do but take in the view and the atmosphere at Shell Harbour Park Run. Well, if there's any place you have to take in the view and atmosphere, I think Shell Harbour's a good place to do it. Will be 1981, April's 49th Park Run. Penny came out to her and fell over. Poor Penny. Penny has a hard time. She does. <laughs> Penny hasn't got a lot of luck at Park Run. <laughs> no. April did try to help but the watch was still going, so she had to finish. She's how, got her priorities, April. She does. How cute was the video, though? Like, you see Penny fall over, and April goes to the left to help Penny, and then she sees the timekeeper and the flags, and she goes, oh, oh, and then she runs back to the right and straight through the finish line. Penny still lying on the ground. <laughs> That's sisterly love for you. It is. It's worth a look. Finding My Balance had a park walk tourist at Kawana Park run with Kuvera this weekend and I saw Finding My Balance out there. They were also at the Sunshine Coast Marathon on Sunday so I think they were saving their legs. I've got a question about this photo. The ocean looks really blue. Yes, it is really blue. I don't think there were any filters. It is real. I stopped and saw a whale around the lighthouse on Saturday morning. And I'm not the only one. There were lots of others who were who were taking a pause at the turnaround just to check out the view and see if there were any whales moving. But yeah, no, that's that's pretty standard. We turned on the weather last weekend. You should come check it out. Mama of Hope was down at Baliang Sanctuary Park Run in Geelong, and the course was looking very pretty from the couple of photos she shared. Dirty Cheetahs were out. Uh, Cashew 7, a.k.a. Cheetah Cassie, was representing WA Cheetah Division in style. Not sure what style, though, and eating a cow for breakfast. By eating a cow for breakfast, they mean there was a stuffed cow in her pocket and she was dressed as a cheetah. Just had to clarify. We're actually one of the few podcasts that are horrified by the fact that you would eat a cow for breakfast. <laughs> Others 
rejoice in it. Underscore PK. Debuting the sweet Brooks running shoes he won thanks to a recent running heroes challenge with a bonus joint 22 push-up challenge action with fellow parkrun adventurers at the start-finish line this very morning on what we all know as parkrun day. Over to Facebook and we had Brendan Scholarly looking forward to seeing us both at next year's City to Surf in Sydney and he told us that Ulladulla, New South Wales is a beautiful town on the south coast and is crying out for a parkrun which just needs a suitable venue and that would solve our parkrun alphabet U challenge. Now about the city to surf I'm pretty sure I didn't say I would be going next year but I love your confidence there Brent. <laughs> I just want to go back to uh, what was the name of the town? Sydney. <laughs> Starting with you. <laughs> Ulladulla. Ulladulla. Not Aladala. Oh, no. No, it's definitely got to be Ulladulla. Looks pretty, so let's hope they get a park run up there. Not so we can complete our thing that we were trying to do last week, just because it looks pretty. But also because we want to complete that thing that we were trying to talk about last week. <laughs> our mate Tok is still uncertain as to what the big sporting event that is held every four years We'll let you know from tomorrow. Maybe. And Peter Polman said, Thank goodness for the beep, Melissa and Scotty. I wouldn't want the podcast to be classified E again by iTunes. Peter's referring to the one time that I accidentally labelled the podcast as explicit. <laughs> Which meant he couldn't download it at work. Um, which is it's amusing because... We both of us thought initially that it was because I had a slight swear word, which wasn't even really a swear word. I, no, I said freaking, and so which isn't a swear word, but we thought perhaps that iTunes had heard me say that and went, ooh, no, 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 you, that's explicit language. But yeah, no, it turns out that Scotty just pressed something accidentally. And turning our attention to my favourite social media platform, Twitter. <laughs> at the library getting my park run on as run director at Penrith Park Run good on you Liz and Ross Pentland twat at us a couple of times <laughs> that's the past tense of tweet right one of the Mizuno trail shoes have Michelin rubber and he also he also said that he loves that he got Banff in his screenshot B-A-M-F so that's what he could spell out of his 10 consecutive park runs. <sighs> On this, you know how we were talking about, so Ross is referring to our conversation last week about running shoes being made by Bridgestone and Dunlop. Yes. I was looking at the bottom of my shoes a couple of days after we said that, and Continental make my the soles of my running shoes. So who are Continental? Are they another like car company? Yeah. Oh, never heard of them. Well, Mike Bristow. He's also heard of them, because on Twitter, he tweeted us. I think tweeted is better than twatted. <laughs> Use whatever language you like, Scotty. So Mike Bristow tweeted that a well-known stripy ex-parkrun sponsor makes shoes with the Continental branded soles. So Mike's got the same brand of shoes that I do. Oh, well, there you go. 
I should check out. I'm, I'm going to go look at all the soles of all my shoes and see if any of them are made by those sorts of people. But I still want to see the same kind of tread. Are, are your shoes, do they have the tread that they have on tyres? Or do they have like foot tread? I haven't, no, I think it's foot tread. Yeah, because I'm looking for the tyre tread. I think I think they would corner better. Hey, in the mood to party? <laughs> Always in the mood. <laughs> well, you're in luck this week. It's the party week at Parkrun. Tell me more. <laughs> These are all the anniversaries this weekend alone in Parkrun Australia. Balyang Sanctuary, fourth anniversary. Cairns, third. Capellabar, second. Harvey Bay, second. Lake Jundalup, second. Maribyrnong, second. Mount Clarence, second. Singleton, second. And Chermside, who we heard from earlier with Mark, celebrating their first. Far out. That's that's nine park runs all celebrating an anniversary this weekend. And next year, when Wilson Botanic will join us as they are ready to launch this Saturday, which makes another park run for us down in here in Melbourne. And 10 anniversaries are going to be all on one Saturday. So that's that's most of the states covered. We've just got ACT in South Australia and Northern Territory missing. So guys, you need to get on the bandwagon and make this the Uber Uber anniversary next year. You guys all need to launch something on this weekend next year. So no excuse to not get in on a party this Saturday. Are you going to one of those? I am going to one of those. I will be heading north to Harvey Bay. How about you? Will you be looking for cake someplace close by? Yes. I'm going to be partying at Maribyrnong. Nice. Okay, so that's it for another week. Mel, have you been enjoying the music we've had on the podcast the last few weeks? I have. I always enjoy the podcast music. It's courtesy of a band called Neon Nightclub, and you can look them up on Facebook and wherever else you find music. So we thank Neon Nightclub for providing the tunes. Are we going to go out with a song from them? Do you you feel like it? Yeah. I was just listening to some Yo this afternoon, and I, I think we need a full song at the end. We're in party mode, so let's continue the party. Have a great week, rest of the week, and have a great parkrun day. We'll have a great parkrun adventure. I can tell the way you're walking that you must be up to something, 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 but I don't know.